listening to The Sociable Scribes, two professional writers who work hard, play hard, and love to have fun on the job. Word stylist Nikita Rowell-Stevens and publishing consultant Kim Ely talk about the topics and questions they hear most often from their clients. Let's talk about writing, the good, the bad, and the awesome, while addressing popular questions and concerns from real writers like you. If you're a writer, someone who aspires to write, or just wants to learn more about writing and publishing and have a lot of fun along the way, welcome to the tribe. Here are your hosts, Nikita and Kim, two writers who love to socialize, the sociable scribes. Hey, what's behind your curtain today? So I did something cool recently um, that I'm kind of excited about. Awesome. Um, So... I wrote a short story in a day. <laughs> oh, cool. Um, it, I don't want to say it's a new thing because honestly, before I learned to start writing long fiction, um, I learned to write short stories. It was really my first um, stab at writing when I was, even from when I was a kid and I started writing. Um, but I found out about this contest on, um, through the Chicago Tribune. Oh, cool. And it's, story contest um so it's a max of eight thousand words and um it's um it's pretty cool and the deadline was just a few days ago and um i really uh, this is a testament and um to me being able to dig in my heels and have a little bit of self-discipline um and um sometimes just you know go for it which is you know to the messages that we like to send to um, our listeners in this show. Um, I had, you know, a few, like I'd planned, you know, my time that I wanted to write for, um, for this, um, you know, to submit for this contest. And um, I had my ideas and everything down, but things didn't necessarily go as I planned. I ended up, you know, getting, honestly, I mean, if I'm just being real as a girl, I had cramps, girl. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's just, as a female that is real. Okay. Yeah. And no. So, fool. Um, <laughs> it was kind of like some knockdown drag out days where I'm just like, I couldn't like do anything. And I felt so frustrated because I'm like, I'm supposed to be working on my story. So <laughs> it came down to, you talk about work against a deadline, but my coach tells me that I work better under deadlines. Maybe it's because I come from a journalism background. <laughs> don't know. Right. Um, but the, um, the, the, um, it came down to the day it was due, like the contest closed at 1 p.m. Central Standard Time, which is 2 p.m. our time. Right. And um, I got up that morning. I uh, officially started writing around 9 o'clock, and I cranked out almost 7,000 words <gasps> by 12 o'clock. Woohoo! <laughs> Holy cow! So I got my story written. Um, it's actually a cute little story. I'll have to tell you guys about it. I don't, we don't have time to talk about it right now. But I'll have to tell you about it one day. Um, but I'm like, I'm kind of digging the little short story thing. That's kind of fun. So I might do some more. Oh, that is so awesome. But just to give you a quick little sneak peek about it, because I'm thinking about maybe writing into a series, because you know we love series, Kim. Yes, we do. It's about a girl who um, just graduated from um, high school, and she's starting her life, and she has all these things that she wants to do, and things aren't going quite her way. And when things... Um, when kind of the, you know, hits the fan, uh-huh. she, um, she has her, her little dog's name is Tutu. Uh, it's a cute <laughs> little dog that goes with her everywhere. And 
when everything just seems to go crazy, um, her dog starts talking to her. (laughs) No way. (laughs) (laughs) It's called, her name is Kelsey, and it's called Kelsey's Confidant. And you don't know until you read it that the confidant is her dog. Oh, my God. That's too cute. um, yeah, so it's a cute. I think it's a cute little story. So I might, I might decide to run with it because you know, writing a series for a short story is really, considering the way I write, mm-hmm. it's pretty. Um, because it, short stories aren't that long, so I might. Right. This might be a little fun thing to try. Oh my gosh, I love that! And first of all, woohoo! I'm so glad you did that. Yay! Thank you. So what's behind your curtain, Kim? Oh, gosh. Um, Behind my curtain, so lots of fun stuff coming up. Um, I have a couple of clients who have um, uh, book signings coming up. Um, One of them is going to be at a Women's Health Expo, and this is really fun and funny. Um, My awesome uh, client, Robin, has written a book called Here, Hold My Wine. (laughs) <laughs> so we were going to have her book um, signing at a winery, but and the winery is really cool. It's 53rd Winery. It used to be called Cooper, and um, and they're really cool, but they're kind of way out there. Like she lives in Mineral, and it's like it's like up the street from her, which is cool. Um, but they said, "Hey, we're going to be at this um, Women's Health Expo. Would you like to join us there?" And there's going to be like 3,000 people estimated there. Oh, wow. And so we're super excited. And the funny part was she goes, "Um, it's going to be a women's health expo. Do you think any of the women will be interested in wine at all? And I'm like, please. After they've been walking around looking at exercise stuff. Right? (laughs) They're going to be like, give me a glass of wine and your book. So that's what we're up to. So wine and books, you can't go wrong, right? <laughs> exactly. I love it. Awesome. All right. Well, let's go ahead and take a break because I can't wait to jump into this week's topic. The written word is powerful. If one photo is worth a thousand words, can you imagine the value and power of putting those words to video? Power Up Video works with authors, speakers, and entrepreneurs to help you bring your powerful message to life online. Creating story-driven promotional reels, book trailers, educational course content, and much more. Power up your message with video from Power Up Video. You can find us on Facebook and Instagram and at PowerUpVideo.com. All right, Nikita, I am super excited to talk about this week's topic. Me too. Me too. Woo-hoo. So we are talking about nine things that all writers should do. Yes. So um, I, my recommendation for everyone is to strap in because it's going to be power packed. we got a lot to share. Yes, so. exactly. So woohoo! All right. So yes. I absolutely love number one, which is... Yes. All writers should write. Right. <laughs> yes. State the obvious. It seems obvious, right? But how many writers do you know who go, oh, yeah, I'm a writer. And then you ask them, um, what are you writing right now? And they're like, mm, nothing. 
Yeah. Oh my God. More than you would think. If, if you're if you're listening to this right now and your eyes just went wide, that is not a myth. That is the truth. Exactly. Um, people have the intention to write, and people want to carry the title of writer all the time. Um, but you do have to actually write. Um, it's it's like just take. I, I think there's um, a fear factor associated with actually taking action because people are afraid of being criticized. They're afraid of not being good enough. Right. There's so many factors that actually um, prevent them from putting, you know, pen to paper and actually um, just getting started. But that is what makes you a writer. You do actually have to write. Exactly. And, and you know, it's... It's great if you are a writer and, um, you know, part of your process might be that uh, you write things in your head before you put them down on paper. I'm that way. Are you that way, Nikita? Do you write a little bit in your head before you put it on paper? Mm, sometimes. It depends on what I'm writing. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, no, that's 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 a yeah. good thought. Sometimes, because um, we are both pantsers, um, sometimes I'll just sit down yeah. and bleh, it all comes out. But sometimes I am writing things in my head. Um, I, I did that with my book. Sometimes um, I like to call it like my brain would be chewing on something and it would be like, hmm, you know, I feel like the synapses were working on the back burner of my brain um, even when I wasn't writing. But you still have to take it out of your brain and put it on paper, you know? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. You do. Yeah. It can't just like hang out in there. It's not going to do anybody any good in here. <laughs> exactly. You got to get it out there. And, um, and uh, yeah, so I, I just love that you made that number one because it seems so obvious. But a lot of people, a lot of writers aren't writing. So you can't call yourself a writer. We're going to take away your writer card. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> right. So if you're claiming to be a writer and you're not writing, get out there and write. Exactly. Right uh-uh. No, stop. Pause this podcast, pull out a piece of paper, and start. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Which kind of leads us into our topic number two of all uh, one of the nine things that all writers should do, and that is identify your intention clearly before you start. Yeah. So a lot of that has to do with um, – Let's let's go to your example that you were talking about uh, for uh, your behind the curtain that you wrote a short story this week. Yeah. Um, so tell us about that. You had to identify what you were going to write or your intention, correct? Exactly. And it's interesting. What writing writing short stories and writing novels are two are very very different. Yeah. So I had to I had to really shift my thinking a little bit because you know. And it's funny because it's weird because it's how I started, you know. Ah. And then I had to learn how to write novels, and it's like now I had to reteach myself to write short stories. But the reality is, when you're writing a short story, you don't dig as deep um, into the process as you do when you're writing a novel. Like a novel goes to like the you, you basically go to the bone, like in terms right. of like how detailed you are in terms of really familiarizing somebody with a with a character. So a short story is really. I want to say it's more surface to a certain degree because you just you don't dig as deep. It's just you're just telling a story. So I had to sit down and think, okay, what's something that's going to be fun? 
something that's light and airy, uh-huh. something that's not going to require me to go to that level. You know, I had to brainstorm ideas first just to figure out, uh-huh. well, what would be, what would fit? Because my max, my max word count is 8,000 words. And I know to some people that might seem like a lot. That's oh, not wow. a lot. Yeah, that's it's a not. Short story. <laughs> um, so you're trying to think, how can I build a character? How can I have some level of plot? Um, you know, you've got to, you still have to go through all those levels that you might go through in a novel, but you got to condense it to like this small. Oh, um, yeah. so I had to think of that. I had my, I, I guess I went through a couple of iterations because my first iteration was, let me just come up with story ideas. What would be fun? <laughs> what would I enjoy writing? Right. So I wrote down, um, several different story ideas. And then once I chose, okay, this is the direction I want to go. Mm-hmm. Then I had to start thinking well, how is this story going to unfold? And how can I make this story unfold that I can actually do it in 8,000 words? And, you know, because as a novelist, my my thought process is your tendency is to, oh, I'm going to go down this rabbit hole and it's going to be like, oh, you know, I've done, I've built this character and now I'm 15,000 words in, but I'm, you know, <laughs> right. I'm the plot still building. Right. That's just what you do when you're writing a novel. It's different with a short story. So, I guess the intention part is first realizing for me, I'm not writing a novel. I'm writing a short story. So my outcome is a little different. Right. Um, and then building the the storyline to kind of fit that parameter. Yeah. And knowing what that's supposed to be. Um, and then trying to make sure that it's complete. For me, I'm not a huge outliner. Mm-hmm. Um, I told you that before. So for me, what worked for me was, and I took the story out of my head uh-huh. of, okay, once I figured out, okay, it's going to be about this girl. She's going through this. This is a little bit of her background. She's going to, this is what she's trying to accomplish. She's got this little dog. A lot of stuff for me because I'm a pantser mm-hmm. for, the, for, for the plot and the way it developed. A lot of it did happen while I was writing, but I had to write down and at least jot down Here's the premise of my story and the direction I want it to go. Otherwise, you're just going to, like, write listlessly. Right. Exactly. <laughs> so, Oh, yeah. that's huge. So, so get it out of guys. There we go. <laughs> there we go. I love it. That's awesome. And, um, yeah, thank you for breaking that down for us because that's so helpful to, to really identify, you know, what is it – what are we talking about when we talk about intention? And I think you did a good job of that. Um which brings us to number three things that writer, all writers should do, and that is know your reader. That's huge. Oh, my so gosh. Huge. That's huge. And, uh-huh. and to go back to what you were talking about with your short story and then also with your um, novels, um, and we had talked about this somewhat in, in some of our other episodes, but you really need to know who it is that you're reaching so that you can – and and I don't know, let me know if you, you feel this way too, but it's like you have to be able to get into that mindset to mm-hmm. be able to write that way. Do you feel that way? Yeah. You have to understand your reader. And um, we're going to get into this a, a little bit later, but I, I, I think for you to understand, you know, your genre and understand your reader and right. to be in their place, you almost, you have to have been in that spot. Like, for example... Um, one of my favorite um, authors is Sky Warren. Yes, and I don't. I'm not. I don't necessarily consider myself a, a like a hundred percent romance writer. I'm more of a crossbreed, right? In terms of how, right? But um, I was her reader 
before I became a writer. And I feel like to a certain degree, when I look at, not 100%, but to a certain degree, when I look at what my reader looks like, it's a very close match to her because I was her reader. Yeah. And um, so you have to, it's like you have to play that role first before you can understand the role because you can't fully understand the role if you haven't been in it. Yes. I, I think that's such a good way to describe it. You have to, um, you know, forgive the, the cliche, but have uh, walked a mile in someone's shoes in order to understand them. Um, so true, though. Yeah, it really is. Um, and, you know, I, I think, too, once you start getting into that headspace, um, I, I always learned when I was getting my graduate degree, um, they used to say, you need to know the rules before you can break the rules. And mm. I think that's important because in order to write in it for your reader, you have to know what they expect. You have to know what they're going to anticipate in the genre that they really like. And mm-hmm. then when you do some fun things and play with it, like you were saying, you know, your um, genre is um, – not exactly in rom-com, not exactly pure romance either. It's somewhere in between. But because you know the rules for both, you're able mm-hmm. to anticipate what your readers are going to know and want and love. But they're also going to love the fact that you're going to kind of turn it on its ear a little bit as well. Yeah. I like to disrupt things just a little bit. Yeah. But not in such a way that, like, you know, you wouldn't you wouldn't turn the romance on its head where it's like, and, you know, um, I don't know. I'm thinking, you know, if, if somebody mixes genres too much, like I've watched movies that are supposed to be comedies and then they suddenly turn into a tragedy halfway through. Those are the worst oh, movies. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, knowing yeah, enough. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not I'm not definitely coming out of the box that much. I feel like for me, um, what I'm doing with, with my writing and how I'm a little outside the box is that I I, I mean I, I guess I would consider myself a chiclet writer. Yeah. You look at the definition of chiclet of chiclet, that really is the definition of the, the style that I'm writing. Yeah. But what I've found and rom coms fall under a chiclet. And what I've found is um, the be, having been a, a heavy romance reader a good portion of my life mm-hmm. and loving that, but not necessarily liking the predictability of romance exactly. versus the chiclet, mm-hmm. I realized that my style of writing is not that predictability, but what so much chiclet is missing is heat. And I'm sorry, I love to read good sex when I'm I right, when know, I right? <laughs> I mean, it's just... It spices it up, and a good, good romance writer knows how to write it well. There you know? we go. And um, Chicklet doesn't do that. Um, Chicklet doesn't really have that heat portion. And to me, I just, I think having read romance, I just feel like if you're building that, if you're building any type of romantic connection, mm-hmm. I think it's necessary. I don't think you should skate over it. Oh, I'm um, with you there. So... That's where I think I'm breaking the rules a little bit because I'm giving you both. Right. And, um, but I think it just makes it more fun. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. All right. Well, we're going to take a break. And when we come back, we will pick up back up on the nine things all writers should do. <laughs> yeah. The Written Word 
is powerful. If one photo is worth a thousand words, can you imagine the value and power of putting those words to video? Power Up Video works with authors, speakers, and entrepreneurs to help you bring your powerful message to life online. Creating story-driven promotional reels, book trailers, educational course content, and much more. Power up your message with video from Power Up Video. You can find us on Facebook and Instagram and at PowerUpVideo.com. All right. I'm excited to keep talking about nine things all writers should do. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Absolutely. So number four is a really good one. Know your genre. And we were sort of talking about that before we uh, went on the break. Yes, we were. Yes, we were. And I don't know. I, I feel like it seems to, to a certain degree somewhat obvious, but I do feel like this is an area people can get stuck um, because ah, how um, so? um, I think sometimes you could, uh, sometimes when you're writing a book, it can be very obvious. But there, there are definitely times where you could be writing something and I feel like you could be maybe a little bit all over the place if you don't have a clear-cut plan. Mm. Right. So, and I, I could just say this because I've edited some manuscripts and I can see, um, I've seen situations where it feels like someone's going in this direction, this direction, and that direction. So you can, you can basically like hitting, it's like what are you trying to accomplish? And I think without having a clear-cut understanding of, am I writing a romance? Am I writing a mystery? Am I writing um, uh, a chiclet? Whatever. Um, understanding what you're trying to accomplish. But also, like you were saying earlier, understanding what are the rules of that genre. Because the reality is every genre has rules. And that, for, for my experience, one of the reasons why I realized that I was not a romance writer, even though I have a lot of romance um, um, characteristics in my writing. Right. Um, even though I have a lot of romance characteristics in my writing, um, I, um, I learned that romance has a very specific formula that you have to follow. And I learned this because I, ha I, I collaborate and talk to a lot of writer than romance and I was given a lot of feedback on that mm -hmm. and I realized I, this isn't a formula I want to follow it's not fitting me right. um, and those are the things you have to realize because maybe you think you want to write a mystery but maybe some of the rules of mystery are not something that fits what you really want to do then you need to reevaluate you know is that the right genre for you right Oh, I think that's huge. I remember you and I having a conversation about that when you were talking about um, how, how you wanted uh, uh, your intention for your books and also um, the, what we were talking about earlier with um, having the rom-com but also bringing the heat as well and, mm -hmm. you know, kind of shaking it up. I, I think it's fun because um, because you got such great feedback from other romance writers mm -hmm. And knowing the pattern, knowing your genre, and then also, I know you've read also a lot of rom-com books as well, that, that you're well-versed in both genres, so that way you're able to say, well, 
Um, I'm thinking almost, this is very silly, but um, I love Legos. So I'm thinking of like, <laughs> like you could put together, you know, if you, if, if you thought of um, rom-coms as one set of Legos and <laughs> romance novels as another set, it would be like if you, if you combined your Legos and made one, you know, completely different, but also extremely cool um, uh, Lego sculpture. <laughs> Sorry, it sounded so much better in my head. I'm so sorry. <laughs> but but I, I think you know what I mean. And and I think it's really cool. Definitely. Definitely. Awesome. Well, let's move on to our next topic. <laughs> and and because I'm laughing, of course, our next topic, number five nine th- of the nine things writers should do is take it seriously and act like a pro. <laughs> Um, That's right. And we're looking at me, Kim. We're looking at me. Um, But but, um, a a lot of it is, um, and this kind of harkens back to number one, which is write, if you're a writer. Um, Take it seriously. And I, I, I think a lot of people will say, oh, I'm a writer. And they'll just write here and there. And that's fine. That means you're writing as a hobby. But. If you treat it professionally, if it's something that you do take seriously that like you and I both do, um, we treat it as uh, with respect. Absolutely. And I think the easiest way to to bring this in perspective for people is um, most people um, have a job or have had a job at some point and um, do you get up every morning and go to your job and perform your job from 8 to 5 or 9 to 5 or whatever hours it is um, that you are scheduled to do that? Um, if you are, do you take your job seriously to perform on your job? Right. And uh, if you if you want to carry the title of writer and you want to be taken seriously as a writer, are you taking that seriously on the same level that you do a job? Because that's the reality is, if you expect to build a career out of being a writer, that is the expectation. Like you said, it needs to be treated with respect. Mm-hmm. And people think that they can get away with being, with saying, oh, I'm a writer, I want to be a writer. And they write, you know, like you said, here and there, there sporadically, once a week, every other. No, you should be doing it every day. Exactly. That is part of, that's part of being a writer. Exactly. It's, it's taking it seriously, and that includes things like um, – uh, blocking off appointments of time, um, it, it you know to use the job analogy, which I think is a really good one. You know, when you have a meeting with somebody at work, you don't just frivolously go, "I don't feel like it today." You know, um, <laughs> sorry, Bob, we're not meeting. I'm just not feeling accounting today. You know, <laughs> you don't do that, and we're laughing about it because you know you. you the, the level of respect that are given that's usually given to professional meetings is it's a commitment. It's something you take seriously and you honor your word. But if you do the same thing to your writing, like if if you um, say, oh, you know what, Thursday night, I've got this block of time I'm going to write. And then somebody comes up and says, oh, can you help me with blah, blah, blah? Do you blow it off and go, yeah, I didn't have anything I was doing, you know, Um if if you act that way, you're really breaking a promise to yourself and not yep. treating it seriously, and you're not going to get anywhere, unfortunately. Exactly. So, exactly. Yeah, that's a huge one. Um, 
awesome. So, oh, whoopsie. <laughs> I just closed out my uh, my list of notes. <laughs> you know, it happens. Um, <laughs> so the next thing we have, okay, and this is hilarious too because I just closed my list of notes. Have a strategy in place. <laughs> You're funny. <laughs> Have a strategy in place uh, is list number six of nine of the nine things all writers should do. And um, this can include things like having a timeline and also an outline. Yes. Yes. I think you have to have some type of strategy, some type of plan if you're going to have any success. Um, when, when I made the goal last year to start writing um, – to start writing um, a book in a month. When I, when I wrote my first couple of books um, inside of 30 days, um, that's not something that you accomplish just by saying, okay, I'm going to do it, and it's just going to happen. <laughs> like, right. that's, not, that's not how you accomplish that. I had to develop a plan. I had to, like I set up a calendar on my wall. I was marking off my word count every day as I was doing it. I had, very, I had intention, um, which is the first thing we talked about. But I also had a plan because if you're not, if you don't have a goal and you don't set a goal and you're tracking that goal as you're moving through that goal, you're going to be in quicksand. You're Ex- not going to go. Exactly. You're going to find yourself in, um, I like quicksand. That's awesome. But yeah, yeah. <laughs> you are. And, and I, I think that's an important point too, because we have talked about pantsers and plotters before. Um, yep. And I I think something that's important to distinguish about pantsers is um, pantsers are quick starts. Pantsers um, are people who are like, doggone it, I know what I'm going to write and I'm going to start. But I think with pantsers, and and tell me if if you feel this way too, Nikita, I think with pantsers, we're quick starts because we get the intention pretty quickly and we're like, oh, I know exactly what I'm going to write about. Pantser doesn't mean you've run it around like a chicken with your head cut off, just writing willy nilly. You you do have an intention, and it kind of comes to you quickly. Do you agree with that? I agree with that one hundred percent. Yeah, yeah. If you don't, I, I think one of the the benefits of being a pantser over a plotter is you don't really get caught up in the minutia. Right. You you see the story, and you just you know you go with the story. Um, uh, the, the downside of being a pantser is that we do, you know, we do struggle a little bit with the outline piece or whatever, because we just like to plow forward. Um, so it's easier, um, you know, for us to stray with our stories because we're just going, 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 going. Um, but like I said, I, it's not that I don't outline and I'm sure it's not that you don't outline. It just looks very different from the way maybe a plotter would do an outline. A plotter would look at my outline and be like, what the heck is this? How are you writing? <laughs> but it, it makes sense to me. It might just be a plotter, a pantser. Like I could outline with three words. Right. And write an 80 word manuscript because it's telling me exactly what I want to say. Right. Um, it's, you know, but you've got to know that about yourself, you know, as you're kind of discovering your path and your writing. But my point is there's no right or wrong way as you're building your plan and what that looks like. It, it doesn't, you don't have to write a 10 page outline right. unless that's your information. I'm not going to knock it for you if that works for you, but don't do it if you're just doing it to waste time 
and putting off the actual writing because some people do that. Exactly. It's like they get scared and they hide behind, well, you know, their outline, like, well, I must have my outline perfect or I can't move forward. <laughs> it's like, well, <laughs> yeah, but you need to move forward. So at a certain point, you just kind of have to, to go for it. So exactly. Awesome. Exactly. I'm loving this topic. Um, Me too. Yay. So let's go ahead and take a break. And when we come back, we will talk about seven, eight, and nine things that all writers yeah. should do. <laughs> <laughs> The written word is powerful. If one photo is worth a thousand words, can you imagine the value and power of putting those words to video? Power Up Video works with authors, speakers, and entrepreneurs to help you bring your powerful message to life online. Creating story-driven promotional reels, book trailers, educational course content, and much more. Power up your message with video from Power Up Video. You can find us on Facebook and Instagram and at PowerUpVideo.com. All right, we're back. And we are talking about nine things all writers should do. And we are on number seven. And lucky number seven. Lucky number seven. And it is read, read, read. <laughs> I love it. Remember, readers are leaders. Yes, <laughs> readers are leaders. I love it. It's so true. But um, it's really important for writers to be readers because it's how we it's how we get to know the genre we're working in. It's how we get to know other genres. It's how we get to know what appeals to us and what doesn't. Um. Yeah. I think I think most writers are avid readers. What do you think? I agree. I agree. I've been an avid reader my whole life. And and the weird thing is, I'll, I'll tell you, like, how things even came about for me to decide to write my own series, to write my own rom-com is I became a huge, it's funny because I've always been a big reader uh-huh. um, and the time I became an entrepreneur, I was really reading more nonfiction and everything that has to do with being leader and every right. business book. That makes and, sense. And, and I enjoy reading those books, but and I, you, I almost felt guilty reading anything <laughs> that was you know, like a fun book. And I realized, oh, I need to start and, you know, I need to give back to myself and read something fun. And that's actually how I discovered Sky because I just oh. re- randomly picked something and I started reading and I, I dove into that world and because I hadn't read like that in a long time. But what it, what it did for me, which I'm so thankful for, and honestly I have to thank Sky for when um, we have a chance to talk to her again one day, is that reading her book, it, it, it inspired me um, to start thinking about my own writing. And at first I'm thinking, oh, no, I don't know if I could. She's too good. I couldn't, I couldn't do that or whatever. <laughs> right. To like wait a minute, I think this feels really good. This feels like something, and you don't know those things until, like you said, until you re- read first. Right. You discover a lot by being on that other side as a reader, and then you learn how to study. Right. Uh, that's awesome. I think that's a perfect way to say it. It's it's like you're not just 
reading uh, for fun, you're also studying. Yep. You're getting to know that genre. And and just because we say it's like studying doesn't mean, you know, a lot of people are like, I don't like to study. This is like the most fun <laughs> type of studying. It's It really is. I love looking into like like reading a book and then going back and being like, huh, why was it I absolutely love the book? So there was a book I read, um, fiction book called The Goldfinch. Have you read that or heard of it? Mm-mm. Uh, it's by a, an author named Donna Tart, And I had read a couple of other books by her. And I liked them pretty well. Um, but The Goldfinch, it was like, have you ever had a book and you read this book and it was so good that all of a sudden it ruined you for the next couple of books that you read after it. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. And and it's kind of awful and awesome at the same time. The Goldfinch did that to me for, for the first couple of books I read after it. I'm like, this is horrible. This is garbage. It is not The Goldfinch. The Goldfinch is so awesome. So in, in a fun way, I studied and looked back and I was like, why is it that I love The Goldfinch so much? And I realized it was the character exploration it was the different uh places like part of it set in new york city and part set in las vegas and i absolutely love the character development and and if i'm going to enjoy a book boy i'd better i'd better get some really good character development and really get to know those characters and that's something i studied but it was not sucky studying or oh i have to study it was like huh now, when I read books, I make sure I know there's going to be awesome character devel- character development. <laughs> <laughs> awesome, awesome, awesome. I love that. Very cool. All right. So, number eight of the nine things all writers should do is have confidence in yourself. It's yes, yes. Huge. Don't, no, I'm sorry. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah. Don't, I was going to say, don't get caught in the comparison game. I think that's something that so many new writers are very guilty of. You're looking at what everybody else is doing and trying to compare it to yourself. And you just can't do that. Um, Don't, (laughs) you have, you don't know anything about that other writer's like scenario or what what it took to get to that point. Um, So don't. Don't compare yourself to, to someone else and be like, well, they're here and they've done more than I have and they did this quicker than I did. It doesn't matter. Exactly. It really- it, you are so right. Because once you get caught up in that, and again, that that's fear trying to uh, undermine um, your creativity and your work. Um, and, and it's normal for all of us to have, have those little uh, fears that creep in, but when you start looking at someone else sure. and you're like, oh, she's so successful and everything she puts out mm-hmm. there, she sells thousands of them and blah, blah, blah. Don't, yeah, I, I, I like what you're saying about don't compare yourself. You are your own unique writer and you have people who are going to react to your writing in a way that they don't react to some other writers. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. What I would co- con- encourage you to do um, instead, is to find other writers that you admire. Not that you compare yourself to, right. but that you admire, that you're a super fan of, and, and study them and learn from them and learn how you want to craft your own goals and your own writings to aspire to achieve what they have. That's a lot different than the comparison game. It's just like, oh, this person is 
this is where I aspire to be. Everyone should have someone that they look at and look to for that. Um, but that doesn't mean that you look at that person and go, oh, my God, they're so successful and I'm not. This like, that's not how you look at it. Exactly. That is, that is so true. So awesome. And that brings us to, drumroll, the number nine of the nine things all writers should do, and that is collaborate with other writers. Yes, yes. I love this one, and this is easier for me and you, Kim, because we are the sociable scribe. That's right. We love, <laughs> we we love, love socializing. We spend time with other people anyway, <laughs> but the reality is most writers are very much introverts, mm-hmm. um, um, so this may be a bit of a challenge, um, but I can't tell you how much you learn about yourself in your own writing by just spending time with other authors and learning about them and their writing and their nuances. It's how you develop best practices. It's how you get better. Right. Oh, most definitely. Um, And there's many different ways that you can reach out and and collaborate with other writers. Um, Sometimes there are writing groups in your area um, in the uh, Richmond, Virginia area. We're fortunate to have James River Writers Group and um, I love attending. Um, they'll have like, a, a, you know, a workshops or they'll have um, a, like a panel of writers and they'll talk about a specific topic. Um, there's also writers groups where people can get together and uh, critique each other's writing. Um, those are mm-hmm. su- super helpful. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, well, I, and then you, you can also use it for accountability too, Ken. So yes. if you're in that of trying to build that new writing habit where you're trying to be a professional writer, where that's, you know, where you're trying to hit on some of these other things that we've talked about today, then um, that's a great way to do it. Um, I think one of the things, it's, it's kind of sad but true that we talked about in one of our previous episodes is that you will let yourself down a lot quicker <laughs> than you will someone else. I know, um, right? It's, it's, yeah. it's unfortunate, but it's true. If you've got someone else that you're being accountable to and saying, hey, I... I I'm going to commit to you that I'm going to write 500 words a day. Um, it's going to make you be a little bit, it's going to, you're going to stick to it more. Right. Um, so that's the reason why you want to have other people that involved in your process. I love that. And, um, and I want to um, add one thing to this also. Um, I have my um, Facebook page for Kiwi publishing and I had somebody who reached out to me not too long ago um, and she said, oh, I'm looking for ways to improve my writing and have some accountability. And I mentioned um, writers groups. And she goes, oh, well, I belong to a group, but I didn't find it very helpful. And um, I wrote back to her. I said, first of all, great. I'm glad you did that. I go, second of all, not all writers groups are going to be the right fit for everyone. Um, so if you find yourself in a group and you're like, this is not helpful, um, you know, find the right fit. Maybe it's, uh, looking for the, a group that does the same genre that you do. Maybe it's, um, you know, looking for, um, um, people you're more compatible with. Um, you know, maybe it's, uh, uh, you know, you want to make sure that you're getting constructive criticism, um, versus, well, nobody wants destructive criticism, but um, <laughs> but making sure that you're getting, you're really getting feedback and you're not in a group where everybody goes, oh, that was lovely, Nancy. I love it. You know? <laughs> so, 
it's like you know, well <laughs> that that's I think it's also important oh, I'm sorry oh, no you, you go ahead I was just going to say that that kind of goes um, back to something that we talked to talked about a little bit earlier with regards to intention I think with your groups, if you're choosing a writing group, you should have a specific and know what you want to accomplish. Like, are you looking for a critique? Are you looking for accountability? Um, are are you looking for someone to collaborate with on certain things? Like, what is your goal and your intention? Because otherwise, you are not, if you don't have an intention, you're not going to get anything out of the group. That is so true. Oh, that's brilliant. <gasps> you turned it around and, and took... The intention and made it for the writer's group. And that's brilliant. (laughs) (laughs) Awesome. (laughs) All right. Well, this has been an awesome topic. Yes, it has. Power packed. Indeed. And now it's time for Gregarious Goofballs. So, Nikita, it's that time for... Gregarious goofballs. <laughs> so I can't wait to hear what you have to share. <laughs> well, it's, it's a crazy, funny dating story because I dated some interesting people when I was in college. Um, and I don't know if you've ever dated someone that was hard to get rid of. Oh, uh, yes. Um, and not only was he hard to get rid of, but I don't know that I ever liked him. Oh, my God. Like, I I don't know why I went out with this guy, but he, um, there was nothing positive about any of our interactions or dating experience. Wow. I think I thought he was an idiot. Um, I (laughs) Sounds dreamy. Our first date was at the K&W. Okay. The K and W cafeteria. He was. I was a junior, and he was. He'd actually graduated already. He wasn't from Carolina. He was went to another school, but he graduated already, and I was a junior. Uh-huh. And uh, it really bothered me that he still lived at home with his mom. Mm. Um, but I understand if you're trying to get your life together and everything like that. Right. But he he had this conversation with me, Kim, when he was like. I'm thinking about getting a new car, and it was like a nice car. Mm-hmm. And I was like, "Should you get your own place first? You're a freaking adult. Um, <laughs> I have my own place, and I'm in college. Anyway, yeah. Um, crazy thing this dude did um, that you know when I was trying to slowly kind of get rid of him without actually telling him I don't like <laughs> you, go away. Right. Um, is he <laughs> he um, called me one day. Mm-hmm. And said, um, you know, hey, I, I want to swing by your way. And I was like, I'm not going to be home. <laughs> and, and I called my friend immediately. And I was like, um, come pick me up, please, mm-hmm. right now. She comes to get me. We go on campus and hang out on campus. This was back in the day when we had pagers. My roommate freaking pages me. I pick up the phone and she's like, um, such and such is here at the house. Like, he's waiting for you. Like, are you kidding me? <laughs> Uh. Oh my god! <laughs> so I as long as I could, I was still there when I got there. Um, oh my god, he was still there. He was still there. Um, <laughs> oh, that's bad. Eventually, I did get rid of this guy, but it was—I'm just saying. Like, I don't know why. So, 
the ones you really want to get rid of are always the hardest ones. To they are stuck to you like crazy glue, right? It's just like, yes, no, go glue. away. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> That's too funny. What you got, Kim? I can't wait to hear what you got. <laughs> so I have some pretty crazy dating stories myself. So, so um, I wanted to go out with, um, it was uh, when I first got out of college, I was working in an apartment complex and because it was hard to find a real job and um, no offense to leasing agents, but it, it was not my favorite thing. And um, I sat next to my coworker and I kept looking at the picture she had at her desk of all her family members. And I kept looking and I was like, your brother is really cute. And so I kept begging her to set me up with him. And um, she said, oh, he's a poet. I'm like, oh, my God, he's a writer. That's so awesome. Well, it was not so awesome. Um, we, we just really did not have a connection. But I went out on a date with him. And, um, um, you know, I was like, well, I'm, I'm not having a whole lot of fun. But, you know, it was really nice meeting you, blah, 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 blah. And um, he, have you ever talked to people and, like, they will not let you go? Like, like you're just trying to say goodbye gracefully. And they're just like... <laughs> Oh, and another thing, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, oh, dear God in heaven, just go away. And so um, <laughs> I wasn't very good at that. I wasn't very diplomatic sometimes. And I was like, um, I, <laughs> I think I was as blunt as I was like, well, I got to go. Can you leave? <laughs> and he drove away. And I think I startled him because he was in his car and I was talking to him outside of his car. And he ran over my foot. <laughs> So there I am. I'm like wailing in the parking lot because it hurts so bad. And I'm like, oh, my God. Oh my God. <laughs> and, of course, I had to face my coworker. And she was like, so how was your date? Like, it was horrible. Like, your brother sucks. <laughs> and he ran over my foot. <laughs> so, yeah, awkward. The written word is powerful. If one photo is worth a thousand words, can you imagine the value and power of putting those words to video? Power Up Video works with authors, speakers, and entrepreneurs to help you bring your powerful message to life online. Creating story-driven promotional reels, book trailers, educational course content, and much more. Power up your message with video from Power Up Video. You can find us on Facebook and Instagram and at PowerUpVideo.com. Oh, my gosh. Nikita, I love this week's topic. Me, too. So fun. So really fun. fun. So the nine things all writers should do. It makes me think of um, uh, when David Letterman used to have his top ten list. We should have a top ten list of Ooh, <laughs> best yeah. writers or something like that. But uh, So the first thing we say is write. Yes. So important. State the obvious. <laughs> State yes. the obvious. Blinding glimpse of the obvious here. <laughs> but so important. Um, the yes. second one was uh, identify your intention before you start. Yes. Absolutely huge. You know um, and know your reader. So that's yeah. important. So, um, yeah, yeah, just know what they're like. And I, I, I really like um, the thought that you kind of get into their mindset. Um, and, uh, and, and understand, you know, what is it, what is it that appeals to them? 
Exactly, exactly. And um, then next we talk knowing your genre. Yes, exactly. And and that too is important. And uh, uh, being able to know, like you were saying with, um, uh, you know, romance novels having a certain pattern, you know, a lot mm-hmm. of different um, murder mysteries and, um, uh, you know, lots of, of different books have patterns. And once you know them, you can follow the norms. And once you know them and master them, you can also play with them as well. Exactly. Exactly. Very cool. And then um, and then acting like a pro. Take your writing seriously. Yep. Exactly. If you're going to treat it, I mean, treat it almost like a job we talked about. You know, if you're really serious about being a writer, um, you should take it as seriously as getting up and going to work in the morning. Exactly. Is it that important to you? Exactly. And um, and then having a strategy in place. I guess that's similar also to uh, being at work. You know, you don't start on a project and not have a plan. Um, that There's an old joke uh, in IT um, where a boss comes up to a room full of IT um, programmers and they go, he goes, okay, you guys go ahead and start coding and I'll go find out what the program's going to be. <laughs> and like, uh, doesn't work that way. <laughs> um, and then be an avid reader. That's huge. Yes. Yes. Read, 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 read. Read, read, read. Keeps you sharp. There you and, um, and then have confidence in yourself. Yes. Oh, my God. That's yes. so huge. So huge. Yes. And um, don't comp- Oh, go ahead. No, I was just saying, don't play the comparison game. Exactly. Comp- yeah. Compare and despair, you know, is, is never a, a good strategy. Mm-hmm. It will just make you miserable. And then collaborate with other writers. Yes, absolutely. Very absolutely. cool. So awesome. So yay. Well, we would love to hear from you guys and find out, you know, what works really well for you. Is there something else that we should add to the list of all things that all writers should do? <laughs> yes. Yes. And you know how to reach us. We're on Facebook. Yes. Um, you can find us. Are we on the gram, Kim? We are on the gram. So find us there. Find us there. And of course, um, you know, feel free to leave us a review right on um, iTunes, Stitcher, any of the platforms that you can find our lovely podcast. Heck yeah, absolutely. And in the meantime, everybody write. Write, write, write. Yes. <laughs> yes. All right. Well, thank you so much, Nikita. This has been fun. So fun. <laughs> Thanks for listening to the Sociable Scribes podcast. Don't forget to tune in next week to learn more amazing tips on writing and publishing. And if you like this podcast, please leave us a review and share it with a friend.